Greetings and welcome back, everyone. This is Let's Talk About Star Wars. All three of us are here. I'm Garrett here with Tom and Jenny, and we are finally going to get to talk to each other in real time about Star Wars Episode Nine: The Rise of Skywalker. You should have you should have gotten the weird little like Sith Stadium chant, Tom. Oh my god. That, uh, that, that applause was for Jenny Josephson's editing on the uh, on the last episode. That, that was amazing. Aww. I do that. That's what I do for a living. <laughs> it shows. You do it well. Jenny, you've been going like full bore into this show in a in a time where we have not been able to get together as quickly as we would like to talk about the end of the saga. Um, your editing was insane, and the notes that you made for this episode of the show about the movie Rise of Skywalker are even more insane. And uh, I mean this in the best way, Jenny. Your notes verge on copyright infringement. They're so hey. good. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's appropriate because Matt had a screener, and I'm married to him, so legally I'm allowed to watch it. And so nice. I did. So oh, I that's great. Like, to freeze frame things for let's talk about star wars which was so helpful we don't need to spoil this right if you're listening you know what we're gonna do we're gonna spoil the hell out of this Uh, we're gonna there's one i will say there's one area where we're gonna talk about something that impacts the mandalorian just one brief moment Mm -hmm. right so Mm -hmm. um when we get to that moment we'll go mando you're going to be in trouble Mando Mando alert. alert. Yeah. And then you could like ditch out for 30 seconds. I I have a a feeling uh, if you're, if you're subscribed to this podcast, you've probably seen both. I I think it's, it's pretty high likelihood. Give give people the heads up just in case, but yeah, it seems, seems pretty likely. Yeah. Yeah. So um, anyways, Oh, and Jenny, we will be posting your extremely detailed notes uh, on the Patreon. So folks, if you you like, if you like this show, you want to support it, head on over to patreon.com slash let's talk about Star Wars. So Mucinex infused. (laughs) (laughs) That's the wonderful thing about digital notes. doesn't matter how much you sneeze on them. They cannot transmit germs. Very good. Very good. Yeah, you guys, I'm sick. So I'm going to try never to cough into the microphone. But if I sound like I'm like really sick, it's true. It is. It's like you just came out of the pickle snoke jar. Oh, my gosh. I know. I'm still pickled. (laughs) Well, let's uh, let's get into it. Then we all three have now seen Rise of Skywalker many, many, many times. And uh, let's just begin in the beginning, I guess, because this movie gets right freaking into it. I don't know about you two, but I was expecting a bit of a lead up into the whole Palpatine is back. Nope. The crawl (laughs) literally just explains that he's back. A dead speak. Yeah. I mean, it was like very uh, true to Star Wars as sort of like pulpy roots because that is like straight the dead speak. Like, okay, well, okay, yes, uh, and I, I am overall. I just want to say this up front, uh, net positive on this movie. Same, but this is this is one on the second viewing where I went. But does he? Because we never go back to that. In fact, you need a spy. Well, it's not the spy, but at one point they're like, Palpatine is alive. Like, we never ever reference this broadcast outside of the crawl, which honestly, that's a tradition of Star Wars to have something in the crawl that really just is never referenced in the movie. But uh, I, I kind of wanted to he- hear the broadcast at some point. I was curious. I, I did too. Apparently, it's in Fortnite, thanks to corporate crossovers. Mm-hmm. Oh my mm-hmm. God, really? It's in Fortnite. 
Well, I'm sure it'll be on YouTube eventually. Yep. Something. Or now. Yeah. yeah it's probably there it's, now. It's there now. I'm, you can go. But I'm sure it is. It. Yeah. I, um, it, right up. Yeah. I can, so I am also net positive on this movie. My, the review I've been telling everyone is I think uh, it's a bad movie that I loved every second of. Uh, uh, my my uh, first impression was a joy ride, right? And that's what I mentioned on the last show is this, this was an amusement park ride and I loved every second of it. Second viewing, I got more critical on the first half of the movie, but I actually got more positive on the second half. I feel like yeah. it's it's got a stronger finish than a beginning. Mm, I'm, yes. I'm with you there. I, I liked it more in my second viewing as well. Um, but I tend to like most Star Wars movies more in my second viewing because... Uh, I, like we've, I think we've, I've told this story before. Like I was so damn young the first time I saw star Wars that like, I don't even think I had long-term memory yet. So I do not remember watching the original uh, trilogy and being surprised about like things like Vader being Luke's dad. I, it was just something I always knew it was a known quantity. Uh, so when I see new star Wars movies, it's, it's really unique. <laughs> um, uh, so uh, like for me, it's very hard for my, theories and my thoughts on where it's going uh to get out of my own way the first time i'm seeing a star wars movie so um i tend to have a lot more fun the second time around because i already know where it's going and i can just sit Mm -hmm. back and enjoy the ride but my theory that i've put forth on the prequels before is that they they are uh made for holonet versions of real events uh and and i like the real events behind them if i don't always like the telling and I kind of felt that way about the first half of Rise of Skywalker, which was I, I like all of the details behind this. I don't always love the the messy way in which it's told now. And I'm not saying trying to say it's as bad as the prequels or or that it's bad in the same way as the prequels. But uh, it, it's it's a it's a great story. It's just very frantic and manic at the beginning. Yeah. Uh- I, I I agree, and uh, I'm I'm on the same page as you, Tom. Maybe even like go a step further and say like I've seen a lot of a lot of folks that didn't like this movie running around being like, are the prequels so bad now? And I would like to answer with yes, yes, they still are, <laughs> <laughs> and I like this more uh, than than most of the prequels. I'm I'm not sure where I fall because I love three so very very much, but that's let's not, talk about it. Let's do it. Let's do it. So yeah, so outside of the crawl, it just explains that Palpatine is back, and we get right to Kylo uh, with some uh, beautiful. Uh, red lightsaber porn, which always makes me happy. Um, I mean, we, um, we start with a lot yes. of murder. Yeah, he's on a planet. It's a kind of a forest. He's murdering people in order to find what he refers to, what everybody in this movie refers to as a wayfinder. And please convince me it's not a holocron. It's basically a Sith holocron, right? right? Because there a, was maybe it's more than a Sith holocron. It's a Sith holocron specifically meant to be a wayfinder. Does the all right, I, like all right, I've got the crawl in front together. of me. Does it mention mm. the way? It does not mention the wayfinder. Um, there's no dialogue in this opening sequence. It's just Kylo fighting, murdering fools, and then he, you know, finds an artifact, pulls it out. I, I gasped and said holocron when he grabbed it yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. and it wasn't until much later that we find out that it's indeed a wayfinder. And I'm like, oh, whatever, stupid new MacGuffin. I thought this would have been so much cooler as a 
as a holocron, but whatever. They sell them in the store at Galaxy's Edge called holocrons, and they look exactly <laughs> the same, but okay, Wayfinder. Yeah, well, uh, I mean, that's like saying, uh, I, I don't know, that that the, the, the hard disk that has the map is a map, even though it's actually a hard disk, right? I kind of feel like maybe that's what's going on there. Sure, there's... There's he a, has to plug the, the holocron into his ship to get the wayfinding out of it. Yeah, I guess he didn't figure out how to uh, attach his tie, like hook his tie up to his local Wi-Fi in his garage so he could get automatic <laughs> GPS updates. Um, he had to do it right, through the flash right. drive method. But, you know, whatever works for you, Kylo. Um, also, that's Mustafar where we open up. They never say that. Uh, but it, it is mentioned elsewhere. I think in one of the... Mustafar one of the, has a forest? Um, Yes, because ne- because the and, and the, this is kind of retconned, but I read uh, that according to one of the one of those books, those encyclopedia books, it's mentioned that this is Mustafar and that it is uh, recovering now from uh, the damage that had been done to it that had turned it into a volcanic planet. Now that Vader is gone, uh. Um, I mean. It didn't have trees when he first got there, so sure. No, whatever. because there had been he didn't do the damage, but once he left, the damage could be recovered. I, I need to find my source on this. Uh, I mean, I just I quickly put it in the background. And it looks like you are absolutely right. I'm gonna I'm gonna chalk that up to the visual dictionary, which I still need to get because visual there's Thank you, yeah. there's tons of little tidbits of of lore in there, uh, as is usually the case. I loved those things when I was a kid, and I still love them. Um, and that and that uh, the that wayfinder that he finds was his grandpa's. That is cool. Oh, dude, I can't wait for the third series of Vader comics where he goes to frickin' Exegol. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, is that going to happen? That sounds awesome. No, I don't know, but it, it totally will, right? If yeah. <laughs> if, if the wayfinder is, was Darth Vader's, we're going to get a graphic novel at some point that explores that. Oh, okay. So Kylo Hotwire's the holocron, which I will never call a wayfinder, and goes uh, to Exegol and Sith Rock. He's going to go under Sith Rock. Uh, and that actually allows the first line of dialogue in this movie to be from the Emperor. Yes, uh, which we talked a little bit about on one of the episodes because there was a, a, a TV spot that basically had the scene in it yeah and the first time i saw the movie i was glad that this scene came right at the beginning because then i felt like oh okay i'm not going to be sitting here waiting for this most of uh the 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 what felt to me like the more detailed scenes that they showed were from the beginning of this film um including the bonus like scene we got at the end of episode seven of the mandalorian or was it wasn't at the end it was like a a separate little thing that popped up at yeah. the end of the film. Um, that was also in the very opening moments of this. Uh, the only, the only thing that I really felt was I was spoiled by, uh, in, in trailers is the fact, uh, that we get that shot. And I think one of the very first trailers we got of, uh, Lando and Chewie together. And I'm like, Oh, well, Chewie's not yeah. dead. Wonderful. Yeah. Um, but well, um, getting, so the line goes, I can do this cause I have a cold. At last, Snoke trained you well. And then there's like some business that Kylo says. Kylo says, says, my boy. Yeah, I made Snoke. 
I've been every voice. And then it switches to, I guess, Snoke, but it sounds like a bear. I think it's shouty <laughs> Snoke because it's yeah, very you are hard. Right. And then Vader inside your head. So it's like, that was cool. Um, they got a lot of voices in this movie, a lot of voices. And then, of course, you get your first thing of pickled Snoke in a jar. Ah, uh, pickled Snoke. You usually can't get it outside of England. <laughs> oh, it's very hard to import. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, right off the bat, it's just like, oh, were you wondering where Snoke from? Well, he just, we, he made him. He made him. And, and <laughs> if we stop for every single one of these and, and keep asking this question, it's going to be a long episode. But I do want to ask it here. <laughs> do we think this is just J.J. Abrams going, well, I, I had, if I had, if I was going to, if I knew I was going to do the third one, Snoke would still be alive, but uh, Ryan Johnson killed him. So I don't really know what to do with it here. Well, no, because why would you need Snoke if you have the emperor around? I think he was just trying to explain, and this, I, we, we should probably not keep going back to this point, but one of the problems with this trilogy is that you don't have a master storyteller. So you're, you're telling it by telephone. So JJ didn't know where it was going when he wrote the first one. Cause he thought Trevor was doing the third one. Uh, and, and so he set some stuff up and was like, here, this is where I think maybe it would go, but go, go ahead. And now he had to go back and go, well, I guess I'd need to figure out where Snoke came from. Uh, I don't think it, th I don't think this one matters whether Ryan killed him or not. It was just, I want to put Palpatine in here. So the easiest way to explain Snoke is that Palpatine made Snoke. It actually ties it up fairly nicely, I think. Oh, I I'm into it. Uh, yeah. I'm not against it. But he was, no, uh, to be clear, J.J. Abrams was an executive producer on uh, The Last Jedi, right? Yes, he was because he, I think that was part of his deal was, you know, I want to get EP credit on everything because I helped laid out the story from the beginning, but I don't Probably think like, he had a master story in mind. I mean, there's a lot of behind yeah, the scenes Yeah, well, he definitely knew he wasn't, yeah, he definitely knew he wasn't supposed to be directing the third one and yeah. until he was. Right, right, yeah. It, I, I, I don't know, Snoke is, I'm not against it, but it does, it, it, it just struck me as a, wow, that was, there wasn't much fanfare in that explanation. I guess we're just moving on. That's the problem with the first half of this movie is a lot of we're just moving on. We just accept it. We're moving on because we have to get to the story. It feels like there's a lot of running to catch up so we can get to the story. I like to think of this movie as an advent calendar for Star Wars, which is yeah, like, right. it's like 31 days of story. And behind it, if you push in as a graphic novel or a part of the Mandalorian yeah, yeah, yeah. or like a book, like they're all like I even would say like, there we go. Every time I thought it was going to be like another story point that was going to skeeve off from like racing, racing harness of a movie. Yeah. Not a harness. I, a horse. I, I will say what really worked for me though, in terms of, of not digging too deep was the explanation of Palpatine being back. I really liked how they were just like, whatever he's back. It doesn't matter. We're going to, we're going to give a throwback to episode three in case you didn't remember that whole you know, uh, tragedy of Darth Plagueis the Wise because we've already heard it. You're like, just fill, Dark in, fill in the side of the Force is a pathway to many abilities, some considered to be unnatural. God, this cold is so working. <laughs> I, uh, I I love Palpatine and just enjoyed so him being back. We're so going to have much. to pace ourselves because if we spend this much time on every beat in this movie, we will be here for six hours. We'll be Lord of the Rings. <laughs> This podcast will be Lord of the Rings. Yeah. <sighs> I just loved this bit so much. And frankly, Palpatine, I thought was used sparingly 
and we, we don't have much Palpatine mm-hmm. to talk about until the very end at this point. So I just wanted to bring that up. I liked everything about his return in the beginning here. Kill the girl and the Jedi become the emperor. That's your mission. And then we get to the good guys. We do, uh, which I feel like could be moved past pretty quickly because I didn't find this was an entirely important story beat. It's just like Poe and Finn are back. They're in the Falcon. Uh, There's a spy. They know Palpatine is back. Moving on. I thought this was a really good way of just setting the tone of things have been happening since the last movie. There's, you know, different people take the Falcon out uh, for different missions and you got a different crew, including uh, Chasu Leach. Uh, so, yeah. Or whatever his name is. Is that his name? I don't oh, Chasu Leach is from... Um... Uh, sorry, I made that confusing, but Chasu Leech is from The Force Awakens. The reason it reminded me of that is, remember when Han Solo in The Force Awakens was like, Chasu Leech, good to see you. Like, and he had that real stilted, like, I'm trying to get out of a mess voice. Like, mm-hmm. it was very strange that oh, oh this Finn is, was like... Uh, who was the big slug guy? That's what I was trying to... Uh, I, I I had a nickname for him, which was Big Slug Guy. Yeah, that that that's him. <laughs> I don't I don't remember it. I think it was just a hey. There's I a, think it was Chud or there's a resistance like Chud person. or Charles or something. Well, this is your chance to email us and feel superior because you know the name. That's right. I have no and idea. You had the visual. You got the visual dictionary. He never shows up again. Uh, but yeah, light speed skipping. Uh, th- this is That's showing cool. us that the, the crew's still together. They're having fun and uh, and they can do impossible things, apparently. And I'm not sure why we did like keep t- can... except it's exciting. I don't know why that's in there. I, I don't either. But uh, hey, TIE fighters can now do what the uh, First Order fleet could do in the TLJ and track through light speed. So that's interesting. Well, that makes sense then, I guess, if yeah. they've figured out how to do that but yeah basically but that, what that was a tracker they don't have a tracker on the falcon i don't know um yeah i don't know i was very confused by that whole thing and if if i was editing it i would have let this bit out <laughs> but doesn't matter um we this is basically just a, a, a way to get us to the new resistance base which is on a planet called agent Kloss, i guess uh, yes. the, re- the rebellion and the resistance have a preference to have bases in jungle areas. I've noticed. Yes. Mm. Um, it's an all. What I learned on the internet, which I hope is true, is that it is apparently an Alderanian stronghold, which may or may not just directly belong to Princess Leia. Oh wow! So she just okay. has a base, like like a little planet that's her planet. I don't know, but it's apparently where Luke and Leia trained. Or where Luke trained Leia. All of this, again, probably in the visual dictionary. Yeah, this would make a great graphic novel or spinoff or other movie <laughs> where, <laughs> where we establish that Luke and Leia trained there and then now Ray's trained there. And, you know, not knowing that at this point, it doesn't it doesn't hit, but it's cool. That, if, that, if we're that, getting that a, uh, an Obi-Wan it's series. It's also not clear to me that Ray's training under Princess Leia right away, which is kind of what we find out as we go along. Just oh, cool. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it 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 comes about pretty quickly. Like before we see her hit the training course, we find out that Leia is now the one training her. Do we? I I didn't really clock to it until she calls Leia master. Oh well, I guess I just kind of assumed because like, why would she still be yeah. training if she didn't? If I she wasn't training, she's just training someone. on her own like Luke did. Oh. 
I mean, and Leia is just around. Did we ever see Luke train on his own? No, he was training with Obi Wan with the remote, and on Dagobah, he was always with Yoda. Oh, I guess we never see him training, but the, the implication in Jedi is that you know he and got out his there. yeah. Oh, <sighs> yeah. I don't know. I just it made sense to me that Leia. You yeah, know, yeah. We we saw her use the Force finally in TLJ. It would make sense that she would have something to train Ray uh, to or to pass well, on to her. I do like that the West Wing slash uh, Gilmore Girls style uh, dialogue uh, brings us all together again with with the like multiple conversations happening in parallel between Poe, Ray, Finn, etc. Oh, there's a lot of good dialogue in this. Yeah, a lot of the comedy worked for me really well in this, too, especially if if it involved Poe in any way. Oscar Mm -hmm. Isaac, I think, is just one of the most likable human beings on the planet. And, say likable. I say something else, but uh, okay, go ahead. Sexy, hot, like, yep. I, I won't it. refute it. One. Oscar Isaac is a good looking man. Can have chemistry with a space slug named Judd. <laughs> 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 yeah, uh, but but the 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 Falcon relanding and and Poe coming off and just saying it's it's on fire, it's all on fire. I was cracking up. That that really that got me. Um. So, yeah, so this is a lot more kind of table setting here. It's just kind of passing on the message and and we're kind of off again. Basically, what happens here is the Force Awakens crew is finally reunited and they take off in the Falcon to go find a a MacGuffin or three. Right. A knife, a holocron. And a a pizza place. (laughs) It's a a clue. Yeah. Fine. There's always a MacGuffin. There's, Except there's in many, Star Wars, there's there really many of them in this one. Many, many MacGuffins. Yeah. Um, it felt so, I, in a in a world where we could have had a little more time to explain these MacGuffins. Uh, I I think I, I I more or less liked how Indiana Jones the first portion of this film feels. Hmm. Yeah, I think they spent a lot of time on Pasana, but we'll get there. I agree. Um, it's the it's the Canto Bite of Rise of Skywalker. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, anyway. So speaking of Canto Bite, uh, someone very important does not get to go on the mission, uh, which is that Rose uh, stays behind at base, where apparently they shot lots of scenes, uh, but they all had to get cut because they couldn't get the color temperature on Princess Leia right or something. I don't know. I, There's a lot of post-movie explaining going on from Chris Terrio, who's like, I definitely would not write that lady out of the movie. Um, I'm going to have, I think what'll be the uh, unpopular opinion of saying, I don't think Rose is that important of a character. Well, I think JJ didn't know what to do with her and, or Terrio, uh, and that if you left her entirely out of the movie, that would be worse. And so he tried to figure out how to fit her in. Both of them tried to figure out how to fit her in as best as they could. And there just really wasn't a place The the place. And uh, this is jumping ahead a bit. The place that seemed to make sense for her was for her to be riding horses with Finn at the end, because, hey, yeah. guess what they did in Last Jedi riding horses. But then you don't have a need for Janna and the Janna story is pretty darn compelling. So, yeah, I'm not I'm not sure what they could have done with Rose, it would have been great to see her actually have a role rather than just cameos. I understand her not going out on the first half of the movie. I would have really liked her to kick the door open the back half and hit the battlefield with Finn. Yeah, totally. 
Um, because the first time I, I, the first time I saw this, it didn't really hit me. And then I saw the, the hive mind of complaints, uh, about Rose after the fact. Um, and at first I was like, I kind of had what I said here, which is like, well, I, I get it. And I am in a meta sense, having a, a bad reaction to Rose being left out because I really hated what Kelly Marie Tran went through in real life post TLJ, but I understand from a story aspect, she's just not that integral to what happens in this movie. But in my second viewing, when we got to the back half, I was really thinking to myself, why the hell isn't Rose more involved? It should in have this? been the general, like, uh, yeah, anyway. actually, well, or anything like I, I mean, under, totally understand putting her as an integral part of it at the base. Um, but as Molly Wood turned to me, literally the second the movie ended on December 20th and looked at me at the eye and said, Rose got done dirty. Like it's just if you if you know if you care then you noticed. And yeah, that we know definitely. Like we noticed right away. It wasn't a hive mind internet thing. It was a oh this character who who was such a moral center to a movie where so many people acted immorally, and then you're just gonna kind of like backwater her. Like she would have been a perfect character to pick up some of the slack from princess leia in terms of leading and being a general and i imagine a lot of that stuff was in scenes that we will probably see at some point that got cut yeah i i, I hesitate to keep focusing on this because i i just i have different thoughts but i don't want to spend too much time here uh for the sake of the episode um we could probably do a an entire chat just on the uh the well, yeah, and, issue. And there's also you know uh and it stood out to me a little less the second time i viewed it but you can't help as i mentioned uh in the last episode thinking about leia's lines and how she would have had more to say if we'd actually had carrie fisher there um so so there's there's so many things you can zero in and zoom in on uh and talk about at length it's true yeah, yeah but instead let's talk about the little meerkats on pasana how cute they are there's always animals watching you from the sidelines uh, when you're doing like dramatic things in Star Wars. There's always some little ears poking up out of the sand or something. I um, do not even remember the meerkats on the sun. <laughs> like little two little guys watching them land. I remember the weird uh, thing in Lando's uh, uh, tread uh, car. It's literally the car is just treads. Yep. Briefly, uh, see the Knights of Ren. We never hear from the Knights of Ren. Um, and... Uh, you know, in that little scene where they have like Kylo goes to a meeting and force chokes a guy uh, and then it goes on the hunt for the scavenger. But I like the uh, callback to grandpa's force choking, except Kylo's in charge. Yeah. So there's no one to stop him. There's no grandma Tarkin anymore. Uh, I didn't love the, the mask reforging. Just give him an upgraded mask. Darth Vader's yeah. mask changed subtly over the years. Why not just give him a new one? Uh, I, I, I really love it. So you like it because it's a design thing. Like mm-hmm. there, there's a specific design intent, which you were the one who brought up on Twitter, which I thought was so cool. Yeah, the the whole. I mean, I can't claim it. Someone else pointed. I was vaguely familiar with with Kintsugi, and other folks on the internet brought it up, and I'm like, oh, that's really cool. That's a cool read it's- into it. I just think it looked cool, and then someone else brought up Kintsugi, and I'm like, oh, that's freaking dope. What's Kintsugi? Explain uh, to the uh, audience. It's it's uh, an art of. of Repair. I believe it's a Japanese art of repairing Forging broken, cracked things, like broken mm-hmm. pottery, and you don't cover up the fact that it's been broken. And like, you accentuate the, the way it works in the Kylo here is like uh, things that are broken still hold value. Gotcha. 
Um, that being said, we spend so little time with Kylo even in the damn mask in this movie. I, you know, <laughs> it, it, to that regard, I'm just like, well, we didn't, we didn't need it. I didn't even need to see it re- reforged. Just, just throw it on in that case. I didn't really need that quick little scene, but, um, it doesn't matter. Uh, anyway, onward into our return of the Jedi parallel, uh, <laughs> where we're on a desert planet, uh, having a battle with something. Yeah. I mean, we get into, we have, a, we have, we have a chase scene, um, which was fun. I love that both Ray and Poe do like handbrake turns to murder people. <laughs> oh my God. Can I just say that Poe Dameron doing a handbrake turn is really hot? I had the same <laughs> yes, feeling yeah. about Ray yeah. and Poe. So yeah. <laughs> they're both, like they're both, but like whenever Poe does something with a ship, like remember in, uh, uh, the last Jedi, when he bangs the side of the X-Wing and then turns it around, that's hot. I uh, mean, that, that is my favorite cool. shot in The Last Jedi is when Poe literally drifts yeah. an X-Wing. So, yeah, this reminded me of that, which is just like, er, it drifted a speeder. Um, we also get the, the, somewhere in here is the first hint of, of Poe's shady past when he hot wires the speeder. We get the chase. They end up in... What I wanted to call the sinking fields, and then I had to remember it wasn't uh, it wasn't Jakku. That's what she called them. She said, "Oh no, we're in sinking fields." So yeah, they have them on multiple same. planets, right? Yeah. Just like you have trees. <laughs> yeah, but these ones were basically an elevator to where you needed to go. <laughs> A plot elevator. Plot elevator. There you go. Thank you, Jenny. <laughs> Um, so, uh, you know, they have some really great visual and, um, verbal comedy in the, in these tunnels, which is like the bit with the lightsaber and the flashlight is just great visual comedy. Um, my favorite, one of my favorite lines in the whole movie, which was like, Ray, what were you going to say before you sank? And Finn's like, I'll tell you later. And then Poe just comes up like, what Poe's not here. Right. 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 Like it was very cute. I I enjoyed that. Although I didn't like that we never get a payoff to that bit. Oh, we that never was, get Finn to tell Ray the thing that, that he movie crime. made me, yeah. made me very frustrated. I mean, I get on second viewing. I, I very carefully saw the movie tell us what he was going to tell her, but I really would have, if you're going to set it up so in our face, would have liked to have him actually tell her. That's a Stay tuned for a short story from a certain point of yeah, view. Yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> So yeah. here comes our brief dip into Mandalorian spoiler territory. So mm-hmm. la, 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 la. Um, this is where uh, Ray heals this sand snake instead of shooting it. Um, and it is the same force power that was shown to us two days before in mm-hmm. the Mandalorian, which I think is neat and a new wrinkle in um force dumb. I don't think we've directly seen that happen before. Not not that not in any uh new canon I'm aware of uh showed up in video games a billion times, but yeah. yeah. Luke could have used and it after not, his hand got cut off. No joke. Like without a lot of force. <laughs> Maybe it can't do hands. They, I don't know. But they are setting up that it's um it's not just like a random skill. It's literally what's going to power the rest of the movie, which is BB-8. She tells BB-8, and this is also a really nice thing. I just transferred a bit of life, a bit of force energy to him. You would have done the same. And and that actually comes back and just. Yeah. Like, and later in his own way, BB does, which is cool. Yeah. When he brings back Dio, which you point, I think you were the first person I saw pointed out on Twitter, Jenny. I've, I've seen a few people pointed out since and. It did not strike me the first time through, and I think that's just oh, an lovely. awesome little through line. Yeah. 
Yeah. And that's the sort of stuff that I always thought J.J. Abrams did really well in his movies, which is like the little emotional connections. I think this was just like a big stirring pot of goulash mess. And (laughs) if you tasted something you really liked in it, it was like by accident. There's there's little flourishes for sure. The goulash is a really good way of, of putting it, especially yeah, this first half. Is also, the, I mean, the the Poe the po past, like there's something shady in your past. The, that through line works. It pays off. But it's not necessary. It would have been better if it had been slowly bubbling through all three movies. It's also weirdly Certainly, messy yeah. if you've read the new extended fiction about Poe's past because that no point is that brought up. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, again, very narrow slices of future graphic novels. Yeah, totally. yeah. It's just like well, we have this whole, you know, established backstory for Poe. Why didn't we? Why didn't we give a little callback to that instead of a new? This is the backstory? movie that will murder the Star Wars story group. They'll just be like, <laughs> God damn it! <laughs> why? <laughs> uh, it's then twenty years. I wanna, I wanna talk about Chewie because. I really, even though I shouldn't have been sucked in because I knew from the trailer that he was going to be in the ship with Lando, right? I really kind of thought he was dead. Uh, I, 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 I bought it for a second and same. I I didn't like it, but it was a great story beat. and Very effective. The only time you saw Ray lose control. Yeah, uh, and it, and it, it told so much about Ray's doubt about her powers and and her you know and how she isn't a, a master Jedi yet you know she can't do she can't control everything. Uh, I almost wish, I mean, I hate to say this because I don't want Chewie dead, and I'm very glad he survived to the end of the movie. But it, as a story element, it would have been better if he just that had been it. That that's how Chewie died. I'm very no, much but in it was the same really. Boat. It was really good. It was the only time, there's only two times that you heard Ray yell in this whole movie, or really the whole thing at the top of her lungs, like, I'm really flicking, freaked out. Mm-hmm. And this was one of them. And then there was one later. But like, I thought it was super, super effective. And I was terrified to see the lightning bolts come out of her. I- um, I saw this at the stuff with the stuffiest group of people to watch Star Wars on opening night. And I regret my decision to go to the fancy theater immensely. Um, But even in that stuffy audience, uh, everyone gasped audibly in this scene. And I'm with you, Tom. I don't want Chewie dead, but I think this would have been such a stronger movie if Chewie had died here. Yeah. Because then, then she would have had real regret to overcome. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, it is nice when she realizes he's not dead because it shows her that, like, oh, wait, I'm not <laughs> not horribly evil. But the fact is, it doesn't really matter whether he survived or not. She thought she killed him. Right. right. So, she lost control. We, and yeah, had yeah. that been the right transport, it would have ended in Chewie's mm-hmm. death. I mean, also, though, uh, force, force pulling on transports, pretty great. Oh, it's Man, really like that. Cool. The second she lifted her hand up and it like stopped moving, like my whole row of me and my friends and Katie just went, oh, <laughs> oh, that's that's really freaking cool. Uh, and then when like Kylo shows up and he's like, oh, yeah, and starts tug of warring. I'm like, I'm super into everything that's happening on screen right now. You still have power. Um, I, um, I love it. I'll, I'll, the, that whole sequence, that was my this is my favorite moment on Pasana is like her cutting the wing off the tie and just the way they animated that the wind taking that thing off and just the messy crash of 
Kylo, the whole, the this whole sound. Bit. The sound in this movie, sound in Star Wars is always fantastic, but like the sound in this movie was particularly good. The way that it sounded like, what would it sound like if you were running in the desert and then you jumped up and then you sliced off a TIE fighter wing and then it fell into sand? Like you can hear all of those distinct aspects in the sound design. It's incredible. Yeah, it's it's very good. Um, we haven't said much about the memory ship, but the memory ship from Ray's flashback is a, also a major point here, um, which they, they do end up getting to after they find the dagger. And this is what they escape in because every ship in Star Wars still works. Notice that. Wow, those ships have good batteries. Amazing. Uh, Elon Musk has some work to do. Yeah. So they, all right. So they take this ship, um, they take it to Kajimi. Uh, this is the point at which BB-8 decides to transfer some of his energy to Dio, who is a very, um, clearly has some issues in his past and has very distinct boundaries. Um, and, and voiced is by J.J. Abrams. Yes. And voiced by J.J. Abrams, um, which I, I, I really liked. I thought it was a great droid edition. I went very quickly from uh, only uh, I, I went I went from cranky to loving him very quickly because uh, Dio starts saying words and I go no only protocol droids speak English oh my god I love him it was that quick <laughs> uh, uh, maybe he's a a roly protocol I don't know maybe he is maybe he is he is abused the poor little thing uh, but yeah, yeah then we get the Kajimi which is kind of like Poe's chapter of this whole bit because we mm-hmm. meet we meet the character of Zori and we find all about Poe's spice running past apparently Poe was a drug dealer at some point uh, and I'll be honest we wouldn't have had to have the lead up to this it could have been just a surprise of Poe was a spice runner and he's constantly kept it in his past. We didn't have to have Finn pointing out like, oh, what, what, what is it with your past? And I still think this would have worked great, maybe even better, uh, because it, it really is fun to see, you know, Poe meeting uh, a distant past. And it makes him more of a Han Solo character, which is going to pay off in, in him flying around later. And I really do love the the couplet, which was like, you were a spice runner. Were you a stormtrooper? You were a spice runner. Were you a scavenger? We could do this all night. Like, I loved that, um, the couplet of that. And they do yeah. so many of those in this movie, which is very, very J.J. Uh, Abrams-y. Yeah, it's it's another, like, it, it was... <sighs> And I don't, I don't, I'm not trying to use this as ammunition for like, I'm right. We didn't need a, a freaking um, Rose here. But the, like, to me, the, the TFA trio together, they, the, like these moments, this was the heart of yeah. rise. <laughs> and it was really what I walked away loving, I think more than anything else, because it kind of drove home how much I do like the new cast. Um, I mean, yeah. JJ's very, very well, uh, he's doing it on purpose, and I think he's doing it well to say, like, we had Han, Luke, and Leia. We have Poe, Finn, and Ray. Yeah, and, and it's like, and I, I keep wanting to like pause, and I'm trying, I'm trying to keep this in, in check, everyone. I promise, but I keep wanting to pause to have like fights with the internet because I, I see a lot of people like, yeah, this is what I wanted. TLJ separated them. I'm like, they separated the crew and Empire. Like, it's yeah, not a thing yeah. we didn't, we haven't had in the past. You have to have them separated and, for you to love when they come back. Exactly. Right? It's, it's exactly. Important to do that. Like, in, I also want to give a shout out to Babu Frick here because Aww. instead of just being. A cute engineer who spoke a language you didn't understand. He spoke a little bit of common 
He's he's like it was like this was more believable because it's like well yeah you might have picked up a few words and he's able to say a few things uh you know yeah. probably sounds the way I sounded when I tried to speak Japanese on my trip so yeah I love that yeah so played by Shirley Henderson who's better known as Moaning Myrtle which was really mm. quite funny I just found um, that out yesterday and it blew my mind and I really love. Um, just all these little bits like who are you hanging out with it speaks sis <laughs> yeah zoria i thought zoria on the whole was an underdeveloped but good character and she will be great to read about i hope she ends up hanging out with dr afra at some point she kind of hit me as like the um oh who who's the the really cool uh the character in solo i can't think of the name oh um uh Oh my the, god! You, the, yeah, we're not doing good. Ends up being the young doing. girl at the end when she finally takes the yeah. mask off. Why can't I think of the name? Oh my god! Yeah. Uh, my friend Abby's going to kill me. Um, but that <laughs> very much the same thing. Where like not a lot. Envy's nest. Envy's nest. Thank you. Yeah, uh, very much the same thing for me. Kind of accomplished the same thing. Where we didn't dive too deep into this character's backstory, but it was just enough that uh, I'm actually interested in Zori. I want to. I want to find yeah, out more. Yeah. Uh, quick it's point not, out. Uh, a, yeah. a paper thin love story for Poe either as we'll find oh, out. Oh, there's depth. There's depth. Um, so, uh, just quick point out the bartender in the cantina that she takes them to it with his first ever acting credit, John Williams. Oh yeah, that's right. I, I remember Eileen and I turned at each other the first time we saw it. We're like, was that, was that, yeah, it was right. Yeah. Yep, yep. <laughs> um, also C3PO with a coat is just inherently funny. Like, <laughs> Funny. I, I wish we would have had a more dead-on comedic shot of him with the bent arms in the coat. Um, so uh, I think I really did end up liking uh, C-3PO's whole arc in this movie. Is there just he really got a role and he got stuff to do and say and he provided like the kind of the consistency that you didn't get for you weren't able to get from other people. And when he says like, if this mission fails, it was all for nothing. All we've done all this time. And he doesn't even know how much time because he got right. his memory wiped at the end of the prequels. But like, um, which I wonder if R2 ever told him about it would be interesting. That, well, uh, that, that, that's in, that this movie does kind of open up an interesting uh, thought with that is like, well, did R2 have the backups from the prequels? So did 3PO get that memory restored at some point too? Um, and did he decide it's, he's better off not remembering? Yeah. Tom, part. Jenny, I have a question. Am I a masochist? Because uh, I wanted more tragedy. I wanted 3PO not to get his memory back. And I wanted Chewie to stay dead. <laughs> No, I mean, it's not a masochist. It's, it's, it's wanting the story to have higher stakes than it did. Right. And, and to have, have a, have a more tragic, uh, element to it than it did. Okay, cool. <laughs> Cause I like this a lot too, but again, I wish it had just carried more permanent weight throughout the, throughout the film. I I'm with you on Chewie. I'm less with you on three PO because it is nice. It is easily explainable. Like, well, of course R2 would have a, a backup and now three PO has forgotten his sacrifice because R2 doesn't have that part backed up. So there is a little bit of tragedy in there already. And this is not the first time I'm sure that R2 has been like, yeah, yeah. All right here. <laughs> r2 if anyone is truly underappreciated it's 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 r everyone else yeah. underappreciates 3po and 3po underappreciates r2 definitely no um we also get a very short cutaway to kylo yelling at hux 
Um, this is also, I think, when we find out that Chewie is still alive because the mm-hmm. Falcon got space towed. Oh, which I love the idea of just space towing the Falcon like it got a, a overpaid parking ticket or something. But um, my and I guess this yelling is enough of a motivation for Hux to turn spy. And that is something that thankfully has been built up over the movies is that Hux does not like Kylo from the beginning. So, oh, yeah, I, I I bought this at, at first. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, that, you can't turn him into a good guy. And then when he gives the explanation later on that, he's like, I don't care if you win. I just want Kylo to lose. I'm like, that's it. That's all I needed. I am completely bought into this. Um, there's a great moment in this part where they're walking in the hallway. And, um, did you talk about Kylo doing the Han point? I did not mention that, but, but he very much does. No, I noticed that he does it more than once. I'm like, Oh, he is his father's son. Father's son. Don't. There's a lot of solo in Kylo in this, in this film. A lot more. Yeah. 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 There's a there's a shrug at the end that is that is Return of the Jedi Han Solo as hell and I love it. But um yeah, this whole bit. Oh, um and I got Kylo is a contraction of kill your solo. <gasps> what? Wow. Wow. All right then. <laughs> All right. <laughs> um and then we can just get a kind of a, a back and forth from like Kajimi to Kylo's destroyer. Uh, as as the you know our heroes go to save Chewie, we, I, I love that Ray splits off intentionally here, Obi Wan style, mm-hmm, uh, like in mm-hmm. A New Hope. Um, and it was also was a nice throwback, I think, to The Force Awakens when they're when they're trying to find Ray in Starkiller yeah. Base. Only this time, Ray goes off on her own, uh, on, you know, because of on her own devices, which I really enjoyed. Um, I really liked in this uh, Chewy when they get caught again, making that funny little uulate noise. Like, oh, oh, oh. I can't even mm-hmm. do it, but like it was a noise you hadn't heard Chewy make before. I thought it was really interesting. I'm sure he was just annoyed at this point. Like, for the love of God, I am sick for of the being love captured. Of God. We um, get a lot of exposition in this started destroyer scene through the yeah. the the revival of the Force Time call between uh, Kylo and Ray. Yeah, so well, I mean, having. it was, I think, the third one we had. We had the first one during Ray's training, which there weren't any words spoken, but you could see them starting to connect again. Then Kylo stole the necklace when they were on Pasana and actually talked to her. And then this time, Ray kind of unknowingly triggers a force time call when she gets too close to the Vader mask. Mm. Um, but I, I, I love, like, I'm, this is the, I, I've seen, a, again, I'm going to, fight with the internet that isn't here to fight with me, but I've seen a lot of people being like, this takes nothing from last Jedi. And I'm like, what are you talking about? They, they really mind the force connection between Raylo, which or supposedly Raylo, was enabled Raylo. by Snoke. But now that we know that Snoke was just a puppet of Palpatine maybe enabled by Palpatine now. Well, it, it, oh, no, they're a dyad in the force, Tom. They are. Well, a dyad. Well, you, know you, could, you could say like, Oh, they figured out how to do it on their own. Cause they're a dyad too. So yeah, I don't know. Well, Someone at the end the dyad of, to me. At the end of the Last Jedi, it's hinted at that that connection still remains. When Rey mm-hmm, is getting mm-hmm. on the Falcon and and Kylo is looking at the the yeah. apparently fake dice, right? Uh, Which they, is could be considered a spoiler to the fact that well, something is still enabling that connection, whether it's Dyad or Palpatine, right? Um. So okay, can we spend like one minute talking about the fact that Rey is a Palpatine and no more than one minute? Because like, okay. It's actually been my preferred explanation uh, because mm-hmm. the Kenobi one required 
Kenobi, Obi-Wan to not be as pure as we yeah. have been told Obi-Wan was. So I, I like that. Uh, and it sets up to me the, the final point of this movie and therefore the final point of the whole series, which is family isn't everything. You know, lineage isn't everything. I, I just don't like the fact that it means that the emperor had a son. <laughs> well, you're not looking but, forward to the, to the, to Palpatine's romance graphic novel. <laughs> I can't wait well, for that book. I want to know how does I, Pal- <laughs> I think it's perfectly believable that, that Palpatine had maybe multiple uh, yeah, wives and they would always be suppressed and out of, uh, you know, out of the way and, and unimportant. And that's why we've never heard of them before. Uh, that would be very Palpatine. But then he accidentally raised a good kid. He didn't Which raise Which often happens. He didn't raise Oh, like, you mean that's like usually- the, Right, because he didn't raise them at all, yeah. is my, my guess. Uh, my guess is that he uh, used people rather than had relationships with them. And then those people would ha- be left on their own to raise the progeny. Yeah. I, so... Yeah, I, this... I, I think I more or less got what I wanted, so I'm going to be biased in this regards, but I liked this as well. It, it, it worked for me, and I, I liked, I think I mentioned this in uh, our our solo thoughts that you beautifully cut together, Jenny, um, but I liked that the Palpatine being raised, you know, lineage is simultaneously like the greatest challenge for Rey to overcome and undercuts everything Kylo has ever wanted in just one answer. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right. I just maybe it's just the the bald faced way it was done. Like you are a Palpatine. Like I, I don't know. There's some element of it that was just very. There's no time for it to not be on the nose. But mm-hmm, some of the dialogue mm-hmm. around it was really like you're Ray Palpatine. It's a it's a little bit uh, a victim of the frantic pace. I think you're right. Where there was not enough time taken with it. It was sort of thrown in. I, I get what you're saying. Yeah. Just like I get it but it's just like one of those things that like remember how they were like uh luke i am your father and it was like the biggest reveal of the whole movie here's no. like yeah we didn't get a no thing. yeah it's just like ugh. it's just like okay i think it would have been a really good uh a really good place to show her use force lightning in a way that isn't specifically to murder someone like i i don't know there's it felt like something should have been done here just i don't know I, I, I'm with you. It felt stilted. Um, so, but this does lead to eventually one of the cooler shots in the movie, which is um, they get this information and then they show up with the Millennium Falcon and use the engine to blast everyone away. And like Kylo bracing and Ray using it to fly. Like mm-hmm. it was cool. That was a cool shot. Yeah, yeah, that it was a good, good escape. I enjoyed that. Force bracing is is cooler than I thought it would have been. I, I dug it. Um, this this whole most of this bit worked for me. I, I'm with you on the stilted delivery of the Palpatine reveal, but such is life. <laughs> um, and then we we go to the Endor system, not to the Forest Moon. We go to Kef Beer, a different moon of Endor, where uh, the majority of the Death Star wreckage landed. Thank goodness, or else they would have wiped out the Ewoks. Yeah, or I don't know, maybe we would have gotten a, a cool race of horribly mutated Ewoks in the... 
how's a Death Star wreckage going to mutate an Ewok? I guess I mean, the radiation. Like chemicals, a lot of chemicals yeah. in that Death Star. I mean, mm. it's basically the the plot of the Phasma book. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So the water. This is another like signature location with the shots of the Death Star and the water and the water. You know the water off the coast of Portugal that everybody does those ninety foot surfs on. Like that's what this looked like. It was cool. This was. And we haven't um, really had a really good water planet or oh. or water scene on a planet in Star Wars. Naboo had an ocean scene, you're right. Camino is an ocean, but it's mostly just a backdrop. They don't really utilize the ocean yeah. as a set yeah, piece. Yeah. Um yeah, I this this whole bit, I like whatever. You can throw you can call it member berries or fan service or whatever. I think this is one of the coolest set pieces in the history of Star Wars. Yeah. And I really like Jana. Like, even though I thought in a there were ways to do a different character. I thought her character was so great and she so immediately belonged in star Wars. Yeah. And, and, and it gave Finn uh, a, a deeper sort of elements to him to, to meet someone else who had gone through the same thing. This is and when she said we mutinied at the battle of Ensit Island. I was like, Oh, graphic novel. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we're going to see that name again. I can't wait for a mutiny at Ensit Island. <laughs> The Jana story. Yeah. As much as I love Jana's story, this is the part where you didn't need to introduce a new character here. I, I you felt- could have told this, this whole bit with Rose on board, you know, it's a five and- years and you could have still had a battle yeah. in space. It, yeah. It's, I mean, that's this movie, I think in a nutshell, like we, we didn't need Zori, but I like Zori. We didn't need Jana. Yeah. I like Jana. We didn't yeah. need Dio. And yet the, like Zori, Jana and Dio, oddly enough, they're all these flourishes of smaller moments that I really liked. And I wished there was more room for them to breathe. Uh, Jana, especially like if I've got, yeah, of, she's of, great. Of those three, I rattled off. I really wish we could have spent more time, kind of diving into her and Finn's like shared history, even though it didn't happen together. Like uh, there was a the, the connection there, and they kind of instantly had a chemistry that I really dug. Um, I would have just liked to have spent more time there. Um, the lost opportunity of this whole saga is Finn not liberating stormtroopers directly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I. I don't think I've, I don't know how much I've gone into it in, in, on this show, but, it, but Finn as a whole has been a, a thing I've been cranky about for a while. Cause I feel like they just haven't done enough with his ex stormtrooper past. Ray! That's all he ever gets to do. Yeah. You see all Ray. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways. Um, so Ray, Ray gets to come kind of full circle, uh, and use her scavenger, uh, uh, you know, wreckage climbing abilities to scale the innards of what remains of the Death Star. And I loved every second of this eye candy. That was super cool. That was a nice callback uh, to be like, oh yeah, of course she can do this. We've seen her do this in a destroyer. Why couldn't she do it here? Uh, that, that was that was good building on, on previous movies. Uh, and And we get her moment at the tree, right? We get her to face her dark self. Yeah. Yes, and... It, she does the Bilbo Baggins thing, which happened <laughs> in Rivendell when Bilbo touch, wants to touch the ring again and goes like scary bad. Yeah. I've never recovered from that. This was just as scary. And this is a good example of a hiss. I was about and to ask Jenny, is this overusing it? 
Was this was this an acceptable amount this of hissing? It was a successful hiss. It was one time in a whole movie, and it was great, scary. Not every thirty seconds. <sighs> oh man, um, I wanted I wanted this fan service to last longer. I wanted a much longer, more drawn out fight with Dark Ray because I loved Dark Ray so very much. But. You did. You are about to have a baller lightsaber fight with yeah. Dark Kylo. Yeah. If I have to choose, I prefer. I'll, I'll choose the Kylo fight. I, I will take it as well. It'd be nice to get both. I if, get it. If for no other reason than it was a beautiful like Yang to the Yin of the Revenge of the Sith lava fight, because instead of lava waves crashing everywhere, it's like just water everywhere, just drenching these two characters and just. Ugh. I'm a sucker. If you can't tell, I'm a sucker for a good set piece, and this was just just chef's kiss. Mwah. Now, the 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 result of the fight, uh, of course, is that that Ray ditches Kylo and takes off uh, on her own. Uh, we're not. I know we're running late, but we're not going to be able to step over the Princess Leia last moment of life that's where i'm going with this okay, okay, sorry it, 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 the, the result of the fight is that ray takes off but the way we get there is princess leia realizing she has <laughs> to do something and goes and lays down and dies this is just an inevitable result of not having the character you needed to have in the moment because of real life tragedy and it almost seems unfair to criticize it because you know what they wanted to do. Like you could see all over what they wanted to do. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And they just couldn't do it. I mean, yeah. it, 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 it leaves a lot of blanks to be filled in. You have to headcanon this. And, it, and I can headcanon it. I can, I can say, okay, she, we've seen her show her force use. We've, it's implied that she's Ray's master and she can reach out to Ben and maybe do enough to change him. But it it appears that what happens is she just distracts him long enough for Ray to stab him. Yeah. That was really unfortunate because that's (laughs) like, I don't think that was the intent. I don't think it's like she's look, Leia's always been reaching out, right? That's been her primary skill ever since empire. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so it's not inconsistent, but, I think what they were trying to say is that she was trying to do the Luke thing, which I think it killed Luke. I think it's fairly appropriate to say it would have killed her too, like especially in her weakened state. So that part I actually buy. It's just that the result was so accidental and sloppy because of that. They couldn't do the acting. Like they just couldn't do the acting. And it struck me on the second viewing that perhaps the appearance of Han is meant to be a result of Leia expending all her force energy uh, and probably would have been Leia had Gary Fisher yeah. been there to act. I think so as well. I think that's all a, a very good read. And and I'm, I'm again, kind of in your boat there, Tom, I'd like I can headcanon this and it kind of works. Um, but yeah, it's but a, I have it's to do some work to make it work. It didn't work on its own for me anyway. Yeah. Uh, however, I all is forgiven as soon as Harrison Ford showed up. Uh, I oh my was, God. I was like, Oh my God. Yeah. That, that blew me away. 
And that, like, that whole interaction and that whole callback to Force Awakens and the ending line, the last line Harrison Ford will ever say in a Star Wars movie. Oh, so good. That's the line. It's the best line. And it, like, yeah. it's so beautiful. And it's also like Harrison Ford is not always known for quiet acting. He's not mm, a quiet mm-hmm, actor. Mm-hmm. He bombasts, he runs, he punches, he does all this stuff. This is hands down some of the quietest, mm. most beautiful acting Harrison Ford has ever done. It 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 really again kind of brings things full circle. And that and that's what these trilogies always are about, it feels like, is is kind of the cyclical nature of things. And and whether it's, you know, Ray climbing the wreckage or 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 kind of replaying the bridge scene from from the force awakens uh, here like it it really worked for me and um yeah I don't know. a lot of people yelling fan service i will i will die on, yeah, on the harrison no, ford hill sometimes fan service is good <laughs> that's what this was sometimes fan service is making a good movie and i think yeah. it's the other frantic things happening around this moment in this movie that made it feel and because they couldn't set it up entirely i think as properly as they would have liked um because of leia that they couldn't have seamlessly molded in but this was the right choice dramatically i i, I think it's a better choice you never saw leia and and ben together but you did see ben and mm-hmm. han together and that that resolution was correct. You're you're really kind of bringing, I think, kind of forming a, a, a kind of a final thought for me in regards to like the critique of this film because it is problematic. It is a messy movie, and I think the more the more I'm I'm listening to you kind of talk through it, Jenny, and and you as well, Tom. I I think I think this would have been such a stronger film, obviously, if if Carrie Fisher was still around. Um, and sadly, there's nothing we can do about it. But yeah, I think the the more I think about it, the more that becomes evident that I think a lot of the parts that really stick out to me as a little odd are, are places where had there been more of Leia, I think it would have gone a mm-hmm. lot further to tie so much of the Star Wars saga up. Yeah. But once we get past this uh, and this next little bit I feel like the movie just tightens up and gets strong. And the, and the last little bit that I'm talking about is blowing up Kojima with a star destroyer dongle. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> At the end of oh, it's a horrible death star. this. So Jenny, this was my friend turning to me Rose moment. At the end, my buddy Ben turns to me and goes, why did they have to bring in another freaking planet killing weapon? And I'm just like, for all the normies who barely watch star Wars, that's why, that's why they had to bring it in. But couldn't they, couldn't they, remember what they did to the planet in, um, uh, rogue one. Yeah. Just blow up a little bit of it. Single yeah, reactor up. fire. Yeah. 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 Blow up enough of it. It's like, okay, we don't have to have a like, planet destroyer on every, on, on every ship, but we can have something that will strike fear into the heart of the galaxy. If every ship has one. And that's actually right. That would have been the right answer. I agree, but freaking Hollywood movies, y'all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not the worst thing. It doesn't ruin the movie. Uh, and we do finally, you know, it, however we got there, we get a very sad goodbye uh, to Leia. Uh, and we get the setup for the the race to, to the end of this story. 
Yes. And I thought Poe with Leia was heartbreaking. I love that Lando came along to tell him exactly what to do. Um, this, this Lando, you know, that I, Lando Poe scene was something that really resonated with me on a second viewing because after my first viewing, I was thinking to myself, man, they really underutilize Lando. And, but then on my second viewing, I'm like, holy crap, this scene is great. Yeah. So, uh, should we move to, uh, Luke Island? Favorite part of the movie. Oh, Octu. <laughs> oh, this is so, yeah, this is another example of like, you say fan service. I say amazing bow on the end of an arc. Uh. Um, yeah, I, on Octu, we've got Ray <laughs> with a TIE fighter bonfire, which I loved. And, uh, the, the appearance of, of, of force ghost Luke, and there was so much here that I didn't realize I really, really needed to see. And, uh, the, the, I mean, the two things were, were Leia's saber and the appearance of that and the passing it to Ray and Luke finally successfully raising <laughs> his X-wing out of, out of the water. Uh- that was, I think, between that and all the ships showing up in the end, literally that is my favorite thing because the the closure that that brings to two different middle movies is really a stroke of genius. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. This is the good, this is the proper goodbye to Luke, him able to finally give wisdom to Ray that she needs and will be able to use and tells her that. Your family doesn't determine your destiny. Look at me. I'm, I'm Darth Vader's son. Uh, me and Leia turned out fine. So, you know, go go do your thing. Here's here's my X-Wing. It's all yours. Uh, and, and her taking over the X-Wing and flying in it. Uh, just so many good things about this scene. Also, look at Luke's face. I actually cut out <laughs> a picture from my screener and put it in the document that I sent to you guys because Luke looks so proud and happy. And in a way... That's what all those yappers who were so upset about Luke Skywalker wanted from Luke Skywalker. And it's like, dude, you don't get that in the middle movie, buggers. You get it at the end. And this yeah. is where you got it. And I thought that really worked. This is another example, I think, where we're, I think it's all, I think it's very much a matter of perspective, a lot of people's opinions surrounding this movie versus The Last Jedi, so on and so forth. But like I saw a lot of people talking about like the raising of the X-Wing as like a, like a, like, like an F you to Ryan Johnson's last Jedi. And I don't think so. I think it's doing a, a lot. I think it's kind of respecting it. Cause like Luke, we all wanted so, Luke to raise the X-Wing in the last Jedi. And, and it's and, a yes. And not a no, but exactly. Yes. That is exactly what I'm saying. Because like it, it goes, goes back to Luke saying, what do you want me to do? Walk out and face down the entire first order with a laser sword. And it's like, yeah, no, of course he wasn't going to do that. It was not, he was not going to raise the X-Wing so that he could go and save the day, but he will raise the X-Wing so that Ray can go and fight the fight she needs to. I loved it. Yeah, that was great. Um, so uh, I I did think, so all right, so that is the true end to me of Luke Skywalker's journey. Um, then we're back to the rebel planet where R2 meets C-3PO and gives him his memory back. Yes. Yeah, and and this is just uh, this is just our prep scene for the final battle. Uh, we find out that that Ray is transmitting uh, the Wayfinder coordinates uh, so that that they can follow her. Uh, we we have a but we can't take them on alone. We're not alone. 
Uh, we're going to put that call out again that didn't work in The Last Jedi. Uh, and, and maybe finally people will join us. Uh, and, and then you get the stirring, you know, speeches from both Finn and Poe. Um, okay, so I, I want to say one brief thing and then I want to say something about this uh, speech, which was I thought Dom Monaghan shouldn't have been in the movie, really. But he did have one really good line, which is when Chewie's all sad because Leia died, he goes, come on, buddy, we need you. And I was like, OK, and that's why he's in the movie. Yeah. Um, I mean, anybody was- could have said that line. You're right. But it's a great line. He he really Spins just distracted right. me. The whole movie. Yeah. He just distracted me. I'm like, why are you here? I get it. Your friends. The best part was when he talked to Snap Wexley and I was like, oh, look, two characters from Lost. <laughs> yeah, that was good. Um, you and then are, the speech, everybody. Um, the speech I loved, which was Finn saying, we've got friends out there. They come, they'll come if they know there's hope. Um, and then you've got Poe saying what uh, this was the greatest thing I thought what our mothers and fathers fought for. We will not let die over a shot of snap Wexley. Mm-hmm. So that's like the whole like uh, two wonderful like that's the aftermath book in a nutshell. That's like the Poe comics in a nutshell. That's it's just fantastic. And then um you know, uh, they say for the galaxy, for Leia over a shot of the Alderanian ship that's in all the movies, mm-hmm. like, um, it's just great. Then, of course, at the end of that uh, speech, which is, by the way, hot, um, you get to see Lando back in the Falcon, which really yeah. is. This is emotional. when the movie really just hits hits its stride. Uh, it starts to nail every yeah. beat. <clears throat> uh, yeah. This 100%. Is, yeah, totally. It. it it's great. And then we, we finally, we get to Exegol because, you know, Ray goes there. She's transmitting the way there from Luke's X-Wing the whole time. Um, uh, yes. Yes. I know someone will tweet at me. Yes, folks. I feel like one of the wings should have been missing on the X-Wing because it was Luke's door in the last Jedi there. I said it. Um, other than that, <laughs> this whole bit is he great. Force repaired it when we weren't looking. <laughs> I guess it could have also been a panel. I need I need a closer look at that X-Wing. Maybe just a piece of the wing is missing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Doesn't matter. Um yeah, though so we we get we we get the sh- this essentially showdown at Exegol and so much crap happens here. It's going to be hard to kind of get through this, but we'll we're going to all try. night if we try to summarize it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. Because it's, it's intercut. It's it's so well intercut between the battle scene and Ray plus Kylo's confrontation with Palpatine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. let, let's, I guess let's kind of talk about part one of the Palpatine meeting, which is just Ray and Palpatine alone. Well, with, I guess, hundreds of thousands of your closest Ooh, Sith acolyte uh, buddies. The creepies in your neighborhood. They are creepies. I could have done without the, the Yeah. Why do you need all the creepies? But whatever. It's fine. Uh, it didn't, didn't ruin it for me because it's all about Palpatine saying, hey, guess what? I didn't admit this to Luke, but now that I'm half dead, I guess I'll admit it to you, Ray. If you strike me down, I'll be able to go into you. And I think that was true in Return of the Jedi. And it suddenly made Return of the Jedi an even better movie for me to know, like, that was Palpatine's plan was to get Luke to kill him. So he possessed Luke's body. Oh, so creepy. So good. And so great at setting up the choice that Ray has to make where it's like, yeah, if you want to, if you hate me, 
That's what I want. I want to get power for keep hating me. That's exactly what I want. That's how the dark side wins. I loved that. Yeah, the the intent uh, seemed to be the the crux, right? Like, if 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 she just happened to accidentally cut him down, and that was I, I don't know, it was, it was still a little murky for me, but it worked. Um. So I, uh, just briefly, things I loved in the space battle while we're at it is Jana shooting a TIE fighter out of the sky with a space arrow. Like, that's amazing. <laughs> I want um, Jana to go teach the Ewoks a thing or two about uh, using uh, older weaponry against yes. machines of war. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, R2-D2 is with Poe, which I kind of loved. Like, R2 is his um, uh, is his uh, TIE fighter droid because uh, BB-8 is on the ground. X-wing, and I thought that was, yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Um, yeah. and <clears throat> I loved, uh, there's so much about this. I loved, uh, uh, you know, and, and then of course you have Kylo, right. Uh, showing up. And my favorite part of that was when he jumps on the chain and he goes, ow, because <laughs> all of a sudden, you know, in that one moment, he's a different person with one line. Well, and there's the other the other bit, too, uh, when, you know, and, and this is a big dramatic bit that we need to give uh, more attention to. But when Ray passes his grandfather's lightsaber to him through the force time window and he pulls it out and 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 lights it up and then gives a little shrug like, ah. OK, now Han I've got shrug. a lightsaber. That's a hunt shrug. That, that is, Han truck. It was, it he, was great. It was if he so wasn't good. Ben Solo yet, he was Ben Solo at that exactly, exact yeah, moment. The owl and the Han truck was like, yep. Oh, yeah. and the backwards blaster shot. Like they were just right. right. On. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. The black, the backwards blaster shot was something I kind of missed in my second viewing, but in my first viewing, I was like, that was Han as hell. Yeah. Yep. Um, a couple of blah, blah, blahs about a dyad in the forest and Empress Palpatine and all of that stuff. I really could have done without, but uh, whatever. Um, and then, of course, he sucks all their force energy out, which thankfully did not feel random, thanks to our Sand Snake and our Mandalorian. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and then, uh, yeah, that that seems to work so much better for me if he didn't narrate it. If he was just, yeah, if, if we just saw just the visual, I'm like, I get it. We get it. We let's let's just let's just yeah. move on. She will now come to me. Yes, yes, yeah. we know. I mean, you I don't know have to that read the a, stage directions. It's fine. That was like a TLJ callback too, of like the, <laughs> oh, the guy thinking true. one yeah. thing was going to happen, and that, but but it didn't work for me, you know. Yeah, if they um, had it at the course, very end when she passed off the lightsaber, I think it would have been fine. But dude, the emperor was like doing commentary tracks for everything that happened in that yeah. room. He's an old man, though. You know, they, that's what co- you did back in the day. Dead old man. Jeez. Oh, my God. You know, he like has no legs, right? Like he was only like a top and not a bottom. Like that's why he was on that hook. The, shut up. The hook the whole time. Uh <laughs> They, they clearly uh, let their concept artists <laughs> just go wild yeah. with this. And uh, I loved it. I loved the creepy, the the life yeah. arm. The, the It's an iron lung, yeah. but it's, a, it's like a, a reticulating arm. Yeah, from the it was ceiling. 
it worked. But but um, all of that uh, is is great because we get to a point where there is no hope. Even yep. though you know how this is going to end, there is no hope. Uh, Ray and Kylo are dead. Uh, the fleet is lost. Uh, there's no way they can stand against the Star Destroyers. Everything's done. We're done. The, the yeah. resistance can, it can't it can't possibly come back from. It was great. I thought we had a shot. There's just too many of them. Exactly. And they use there's just too many of them, not in a comedic way or like a frantic way, but as like mm-hmm. a we are really truly screwed. Snap yeah. Wexley, goodbye. Yeah, if, if Palpatine was was narrating this, I think it would have said something to the effect of, and Jenny is sad and Tom yeah. is crying because Snap yeah. died Snap and dead. Garrett is excited because the I Emperor know. Snap is back. became Porkins. What happened? Ugh, I know. I I um, uh, I was the only person who audibly gasped when Snap died, and it's only because of this show. Yep. And you I, know what? I, I I'm guess. pretty sure Ray had him in the back of her X-wing because he's really alive. Let's just say that. Um, it, it will be retconned that at the last moment, Mr. Bones resurrected and like left out and saved him from his own. And saved him. Yep. Yeah, maybe. Yep. Um, but then, yeah, when all hope is lost, you you get lando showing up to save the day yay and also really just a spectacular shot of all of the ships i really like that they and i am a sucker for this i will never get sick of watching ships come out of hyperspace but i'm really glad that's not how they did the reveal i love that it was x uh, pose x-wing in the foreground coming around the mid-ground star destroyer and it reveals just a textured sky of a mess of a fleet and i love it and even the second time i watched this knowing it was coming i just got a big grin on my face because it's all there everybody everybody's there it's amazing and the villain delivering the best line it's not a navy sir it's just people like that, if that ain't a message for Star Wars, but also like our time, like it is the simplest. That's what Star Wars does so well when they they take the, the complicated plot, blurbity, 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 and they're like, they come up with something so profound. It's not a Navy, sir. It's just people. Yeah, and it's, it's another one of those things that I, I think Rose really carried in The Last Jedi, which was kind of that, you might call it sophomoric, like rebellious yep. hope. But it, it's something yep. it, like that is the heart of the good guys in Star Wars. And that's what this scene, that's what that line delivery did to me. I thought it felt like a nice like callback to the themes from The Last Jedi. Um, 100% and then, of course, that it's not enough. In there, right? Oh, sorry, what? I was just going to say it's 100% that somewhere in there is the ghost. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, th- I could have sworn I saw it on my second viewing that it's it's f- like front and center behind the Falcon. <clears throat> yeah, there's there. also and I won't spoil it if you like Disneyland, but um, there's also another ship in there, which uh, you will find mm-hmm. out if you ever go on Star Tours. And I think that's all I'm going to say about it. I like the line. Uh, well, and then, of course, when hope is regained, Palpatine eliminates it you know, with the biggest force lightning storm ever uh, and delivers what could have been the name of this movie, uh, The Last Skywalker. Yep. In fact, I almost wish that that would have been the name of this movie because it still fits the end and would have made us all think that Ray was a Skywalker in a different way. Ooh, I like that. Yeah. I like that quite a bit, but I'm not entirely sure they were, they knew if they were going to kill Kylo or not. 
<laughs> throughout the majority <laughs> of this film. So yep. they kept yep. uh, changing their mind whether he was dead because uh, he goes overboard. Ray uh, calls back all the Jedi voices. And this is the one moment, as I said before, I would have liked to have seen the people like even if it was just sort of drifting up behind her as they spoke. Um, oh, dude, I'm so with you. Like, <laughs> yeah, someone might say this movie had too much fan service and I go, nay, I wanted more. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think I got most of the names, but can we just briefly and we may have to talk about this in another episode in more detail, but like Ahsoka Tano was in there, which means something. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, 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 Rebels. What the hell? Caden? No. Getting the name wrong. Jaden? Caden Yeah. 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 He was definitely in, in there, there and that was okay because we saw him. Uh, yeah. We got, we, we got Obi-Wan. We got Qui-Gon. We got Anakin. Uh, uh, Hayden Christensen's voice, Anakin. We got uh, Mace Windu. Uh, we got Mace. We, we got both um, Obi Wan's. We got we got uh, Alec Guinness and Ewan McGregor. Yeah, that's right. Uh, obviously Yoda. Uh, we finish with Luke. There's the two other female Jedi from the prequels mm-hmm. whose names I cannot recall now. Uh, uh, but they are both Sakura and oh, I can't remember the uh, the other one. Uh, but Ahsoka Tano in there. I mean, it's 31 years. I know. Um, I would like to point out she that could have died Jedi, of old age by that point. That Jedi can talk to each other through their minds when they're alive. I would like that's to point true. that out. I, I think that's important to note. And I if, thought about that immediately. If, if oh, you no, were a dead. Jedi on, still alive, dead. if you were ever going to feel a disturbance in the force, it would be at this exact moment. I think you'd be able to Ezra? zero in on this. Where it's all Ezra? the Jedi who have ever lived in her head. So they could still be living. You're right. Just, yeah, I like. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. My my, my belief, so I can sleep at night, is that Ahsoka Tano yep. is the only voice there of a still living Jedi. I'm the, 31 years after Return of the Jedi. Uh, 60 years after some of the prequel stuff. Yoda lives for 900. Yeah, years. he's a different species, though. And so is Ahsoka. It's believable that Ahsoka would be gone by now. We don't know what the expected lifespan of a Ahsoka was older than Leia and Han. They're humans. <laughs> I don't know what the life's they're humans. This is, uh, this I'm going to say to you what the internet was saying for season after season of rebels, which is Ahsoka lives. She did live after rebels, but between rebels she lives and this, now, she got old. It just happens. <laughs> no, no. I, I refuse. Die on this hill. I refuse. Forever. You can kill Chewbacca. You can wipe C-3PO's memory permanently. Ahsoka will never die. Yep. She's always going to be our little kid. Um, okay. But anyway, uh, that was awesome. Uh, then uh, there's the awesome fight with the force lightning. And she eventually mutilates the emperor and kills him using, using the window maneuver. I know she outwinded window. She, windu, she completed the window. She arc of the covenanted. <laughs> she maced yes. the window. She maced the window. Um, <laughs> And then, of course, drops to the ground and then uh, Kylo comes back and they do what I think is one of the best choreographed like lifts that I've ever seen, mm-hmm. which is he doesn't like grab her and pull her. He somehow that you like you can see the choreography where she just like ends up in his lap in like a very like intimate and organic way. And I thought that was cool. Even also, though she sure. looks dead. Uh, did they use dead. a dummy or is she able to go he, that way? He, he dead. Yeah. Dead. 
Oh, she's definitely dead without a doubt. No, no, no. I'm just saying she looked it. She didn't look like someone pretending to be dead. Like she was so limp. I, be- I believe like that's a dead body. So I, I was wondering if they used a, a, a double, like a dummy mm-hmm. rather than, or, or if, if Daisy Ridley can just, you know, go that, some, go that loose. Some poor digital artist had to go in and remove any trace of uh, breathing. Stiffness. Thinking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, so then we get um, you know, the resurrection of Ray, uh, and the kiss, which I'm just like fine, but I'm really against because mm-hmm. I still am one of those people who's like, you do what you do. You killed your father, you murdered so many people, you don't get to kiss the girl. You get to save the girl, you don't get to kiss the girl. But I, that's like I can also see why people have other opinions, but I just don't think you get that reward. I didn't need it. As as much as on board as I was for Raylo and the the sexual tension of TLJ is probably my favorite thing about it. Ah. I didn't need this. I analytically I agree with both of you, but in the moment that first viewing, I I cheered. I liked it. I was like, Aw, yay, they got they, they Yes, I, I had the same What happens next though with Kylo dying? actually made someone laugh in my first viewing, which was a press viewing. So obviously more cynical. A little dramatic. There but was, it was a little like, bit of a oh. hand flop. It was a little like, uh, they're both dead. He's dead. She's dead. Oh, wait, now they're both alive. Oh, wait, now he's dead. Like it, it, it was quite a lot of switcheroo. It but. was Kylie O and, and Ray Liet, uh, a little <laughs> bit, maybe too much. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but... I did like the result of him sacrificing himself to save her. Only acceptable outcome. And we've mm-hmm. said this for years, only acceptable outcome. So in that way, it was correct. Yep. I went into this really thinking that Ben was going to live. Uh, I kind of thought he would too. And I'm, I'm glad he didn't. Cause really. I, I thought I added to a certain degree. I really just thought him turning and then dying to save the hero would be too much of a retread of Return of the Jedi. His death does very much work for me, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, because the, the the more the more I think about why, because I, I I was like you, Tom. I, I love Ben Solo so much, and I love the turn. Like Darth Vader's turn is my favorite thing about the original saga, and I love the turn here. Um, it, and so I did cheer the first time I saw this movie, like when I, when the kiss happened, but the more I think about it, the more it bothers me. Cause I'm like, yeah, you're right. Like, uh, he I, is a horrible person and does done terrible things. Ugh. Um, Ew, but no, yeah, everything well, else still works for me. Like the death and all that to what the, what then becomes one of my favorite lines in the whole movie is red five is in the air. Oh, that was so great. Oh, God. And she's wearing that helmet that like right? that she wore at the beginning of The Force Awakens when she was mm-hmm. just playing at being a mm-hmm. pilot and then she was wearing it. And the shot of the ships flying away was almost as amazing as the ships appearing. Like it was just incredible. Yeah. Red five became such a such a cool sim- like symbol of hope in this movie. Like, I just yeah. loved. I'm also like a sucker for like car movie, like every time in fast and the furious, when they uncover some old car that belonged to somebody's dad, I'm like, Oh yeah, that does it for me in a movie that is utterly nonsensical. Yeah. So the fact that they did it here with a ship from my childhood, I was very excited. And then we get uh kind of the, uh, a play on the special edition ending of return of the Jedi 
except instead of just fireworks going off, we see Star Destroyers crashing, uh, including a second one falling into Jakku. Yeah, I thought, I thought that was good. And I thought about all those portions that those scavengers were going to get. And oh, I'm yeah. really happy. Great for the Jakku economy, right? Just fan yeah, fantastic. Freaking. I was very excited for my wife when Wicked appeared because he is one of her favorites. Um, okay, so yep. we are, we're about to go into the Rise of Skywalker. Please give me this little slice of life story for a second. We're, we're at the fancy we're at the fancy movie theater. So uh, we get a bottle of wine and it's the movie hasn't, it's not, we're not even letting us in the theater yet. So we're all enjoying some wine and we're talking about what, what do you really want to see in this movie? And Katie's like, I just, I just want to see an Ewok. They're going to the Death Star wreckage. I need an Ewok. Y'all don't even understand how much my wife loves Ewoks. Like it, uh-huh. if I'm the nerd about uh, cool dark side costumes and Star Wars ships, she is the critter nerd. The Mandalorian is like made for her. There's, there's just so many cool critters in that movie or that series. Um, and I just, and I'm just, you know, we're having a good time. We're laughing. I'm like, honey, I love you. But it's we're not going to the forest moon of Endor. I just don't see a universe where we see Ewoks. And so when it cuts, as we're sitting there in the theater, and it cuts to the forest moon of Endor, and we see Wicket and Co. there smiling, not blinking. Thank God, because they didn't make mm-hmm. them blink like they do in the damn remake. Katie just gives me a loving punch in the arm, and I look over, and she just looks like a five-year-old on Christmas morning, and it just brought me so much joy. Oh, um, so then you get your classic Star Wars scene, right? Which is everybody lands back on the base planet and there's hugs mm-hmm. and kisses and important kisses. And Alexander Hamilton is there somehow. <laughs> and like uh, there's that great exchange between Zori and Poe, which is oh, actually. Did, 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 really, I remembered it having words the, when I watched it the second words, time. I like remembered it. And I was like, no, it's not. There's, it's that good. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You hear it. You can hear uh, yeah. Oscar Isaac going. You can yeah, hear it. Yeah. No, no. Okay. No. Okay. You guys, for the last time, you know what it was? It was hot. It was, it was hot. hot. It was hot. It, it was, was great. It was just like Oscar Isaac. That is the moment. Like, like he's just going to be so superstar. I don't know. Here he is. But Chewie getting the medal from Maz is analytically dumb. Because yeah. he already got the medal. It was uh, analytically sad because it should have been Carrie Fisher, not Moz, handing yep. it to him. But emotionally, every time I just tear up, I'm like, yep. oh, yep. Same. And it's less, it's, I think that it's, it's actually, it's Han's medal. Cause Chewie, I like to think of it, it's not his medal. It was the medal that Leia was using to, uh, boost Han back into Ben's mm-hmm. memory. I like and that. And it is like Han's that. metal, and therefore Chewie would feel emotional about it being Han's metal. Right. That's how I, I work on right. it. No, it's a good way for uh, it to fix something in the movies without changing the actual story. That's good. Yeah. And I really liked Lando and Jana, and and that graphic novel is going to be great. <laughs> well, let's find out. Just I'm not sure how to take that. Like it's, it's such a, an obvious setup for like, let's tell another story somehow. Yeah. Right. But it feels weird at the end of this movie with the celebration to be setting up another story. But. My friend was so mad about that. My friend Katie, yeah. she was just like, stop setting up movies. Like she's really <laughs> mad. Um, I really loved, again, really good, subtle architecture of body movement. The three person hug with Poe, Finn and Ray, which was like, I don't think I could have choreographed. That's a hard thing to do, actually. Like a three-person hug. Did you notice it was framed 
next to Chewie, R2, yep. and C-3PO, the surviving members of the original cast. Yep. It was fantastic. So good. And hot. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> you said the last one was the last one. I know. No, it wasn't. I forgot. This one was really great. And I was like, this is going to be some party. Um, it gets me every, every time that damn It hug. gets me every time. It's just so perfect. And like, it really does tell you that the, what's the best way to put it? They succeeded in the one mission that they needed to succeed in, in these movies, which was giving strong central characters that you cared about and they did that they didn't do yeah. enough with some of them but they did make you but care. those three yep a great story all the way through for all yep. three of them and 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 ben don't forget ben yep. ben was great i, I mean, am here to rep for the the emo depressed goth kid I love him. No, I, I thought he was some of the best acting in the whole series by oh, far. Oh god, Adam Driver just a- acted He's the amazing. shit out of these three movies. Yeah. Um so and then I thought I kind of thought the movie was going to end there the first yeah. time I saw it and 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 so I wasn't sure how I was going to feel about them continuing it on Tatooine, but I actually really liked uh the way they set this up. I could, I, I, this is not a criticism. I would have loved if there'd been a little sign with the in-universe writing that you couldn't read. But then later when people screen capped and translated, it said boyhood home of Luke Skywalker mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> as if someone had like, wouldn't someone on Tatooine try to cash in on that once Luke became so famous? <laughs> oh my God. They go out and Wado is just there like, hello, let me give you a tour. It's only I five knew him it was Annie. <laughs> his father. Oh, it's terrible. Um, I love the little touch of the sand sledding on the piece yeah. of scrap. Like, mm-hmm. I love the gold lightsaber. That's fan oh service. That is absolute fan service for all of us who grew up with the with the action figures that had yellow lightsaber. Oh, God. No, you- it was so pretty. <laughs> yeah. And it's just FYI, so- they sell yellow kyber crystals at Galaxy's Edge, but they don't look like that. It's what mm. the Force Guards all had. They all had yellow kyber crystals. All the Jedi so great. Jedi guards at the temple in the in the uh, in the Clone Wars. Yep, and uh, and then of course the twin sons, which I was okay with. Also, I, this is another situation where I remember uh, dialogue, and there's not, which is there is the dialogue of the old woman's sort of just being like, wait, what? <laughs> Which I love the way she delivers that line. Not, it's not the dramatic like, wait, what? It's like, wait, what? <laughs> Tell me your full name. God darn it, I'm an old lady. Nobody, nobody wants to know Poe's last name. Nobody yeah. wants to know Finn's last name. He doesn't have one. It's, yeah. it's, a, it's, it's a tee up for sure. It's a very obvious No, no, but, I, but I, liked, I liked the way it was delivered because it was delivered with annoyance. Like, yeah, but I know families around Tatooine. Are yeah. you one of them? And, yeah. and I remember more dialogue with Ray saying, Oh, I've, I'm going to choose my real. Yeah. And, and you don't get that. You just see the shimmering image of Luke and Leia. And you realize those are her parents. That's her family of choice. And then she chooses the name Skywalker because of that. It's such a beautiful ending. It was, it was a good ending. And I did like seeing Luke and Leia there again together. Yeah. I, uh, I I got hit by some serious feels. Um, I, yeah, I love that she takes Skywalker. Um, uh, for folks that don't know, uh, I'm adopted, and mm. stuff like this hits me like a like an eighteen wheeler. 
going 80 miles an hour. It just hits me right in the feels super hard. This and Guardians of the Galaxy 2, like, sing to me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I bet. Uh, so, yeah. yeah the, the, and it, whether I whether Palpatine was her lineage or not, she still could have taken the Skywalker name and it probably still would have hit me like this, but, um, yeah, Ray's journey. Um, Oh boy. I love it. <laughs> I love the way it completes. And, and I, I know for a lot of people it didn't land, but for me, I am very, very happy with Ray's arc. Yeah, ultimately I am too. It makes sense. It works. I just think like it, the whole thing was like so fast that it was always just a punch in the nose instead of a subtle reveal. And I would have especially liked, the first half for sure. Yeah. Yeah. You couldn't end it anywhere, but Tatooine, I think it's fair to say. Yeah. yeah. I've, I've seen a lot of people like making, I, I think a lot of people are doing it in jest because it's kind of funny saying like, why the hell would you bury Leia here? It was a terrible place for her. But yeah. where else really? Like where the Paradise. hell else would you lay these people to rest? Alderaan doesn't exist Our anymore. Got up. Yeah. Got, yeah, exactly. Um, you know, and I think, uh, I think in the end it's what means most to us. Cause like there was no way there was no consistency in movie. I don't know. It, it, it was a mess, but and, I and most it. places that still exist have dark ramifications and memories for all of our, mm-hmm. both of those characters, frankly. Um, right. Like, what are you going to do? Go to Coruscant? Like where democracy died and screwed over your family? Like, I don't, I don't know. Yeah. I, I, I think it's funny to, to kind of think about that stuff. It's a really funny thing to riff on, but in the terms of like, where would you lay these characters to rest? It makes the most sense to me. I agree. Wonderful. And you don't have bodies to bury anyway. It's just lightsabers. Yeah. Someone's yeah. clearly going to come get those lightsabers at some point. Uh, just please, please tell me that the other end of her lightsaber also uh, turns on. I, how sure, does, how did we get all the way through this without Ray getting a staff lightsaber? I think, I think she did. That's, They're just going to save that. That's my biggest grumble. Book. That's my biggest Wait, grumble. graphic novel. What are you saying? She didn't get a double bladed lightsaber. She she had a she's been uh, fighting with the staff uh, all three movies and she never her she broke Luke's saber in half. It was the perfect excuse to make a staff saber. Yeah. I think it I happened. Curious how they fixed that too. Mm. Oh, I love it with the little piece of leather. It, it was like Ray leaving her mark on there. Yeah. A little little piece of leather binding it together. I, look, I liked it. I'm sure there's all kinds of actual structural things happening beneath that strap of leather, but I thought it was Which a nice will be little, told in a short story. Nice yeah. little I'll flirt. tell you what. It's actually pretty easy to take apart and put together a lightsaber. I know, because <laughs> I made one. You used the same parts I did. Yes, it was so awesome. Uh, anyway, yeah, we're going to be talking about this for a long time. Uh, I think there's a lot more to say, but maybe we'll say it in another episode. I'm, I'm, I'm about I'm already to making, fall over. I'm already making notes. We've got. We need to do a "Who Got Done Dirty" episode. Uh, mm-hmm. We need to do a Mandalorian finale episode. Yes, uh, we need. To- I would like to do a shot by shot breakdown of the last battle, the mm. whole last part on Exegol. That would be My very gosh, fun. Yeah. I'd be very into that. Can we do that on YouTube when it comes yeah. out legally on yeah. digital? Yeah. Okay. Cool. Mm-hmm. 
Very cool. That would be great. Awesome. And uh, I would like to do a what comes next? Where do we go from here? Mm-hmm. Mm. Just I th- to go. I think we leave the timeline the hell alone past this point for quite a while. At least for these characters. Yeah. yeah I think we I think we maybe mine a lot of the unknown regions, one might say. Please do. Yep. Anyways, uh, that brings us to the end of a very long episode of Let's Talk About Star Wars. Uh, if you want to write in, the email address is feedback at letstalkaboutstarwars.com. If you want to support the show, you can do so over at patreon.com slash letstalkaboutstarwars. We very much appreciate the support, everyone. Um, but other than that, around the table, Jenny Josephson, where can everyone find you? Probably a hospital, honestly, after this episode. <laughs> <laughs> uh jenny j23 on twitter well uh, you did great i hope you feel better and again bang up job on the the prompter for this episode of our of all of our first takes folks if you skipped it go listen to it jenny killed it in the edit oh my god um tom Merritt, where can everyone find you uh easy enough tom Merritt.com, two r's two t's wonderful i'm garrett art on twitter and everything else is at a move TV. We will be back as soon as we can to talk about The Mandalorian, and uh, then we'll be back to dig deeper into a lot of the things we didn't have time to dig into in this episode. So until then, may the Force be with you. Always. Tatooine. <laughs>